Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sat on a tree Down a down Hey down a down They were as black As they might be With a down One of them Said to his mate Where shall we Our breakfast take With a down Dairy 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 down Down Hello and welcome to a special Advent 2023 edition of the Three Ravens podcast. My name's Martin Vaux. I'm a writer, storyteller and English romanticism obsessive. And I'm joined, as ever, by my partner in crime and all dark arts, Eleanor Conlon. Hello, we're continuing with our countdown to Christmas over 12 days of mini episodes, culminating in our Three Ravens Christmas special on Christmas Day itself. Mm-hmm. And as you can probably tell, we're using the 12 Days of Christmas song as a very loose justification to talk about interesting historical and folkloric tidbits roughly related to Yuletide. Day six. Ho, 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 ho. So, Martin, today is Swans Are Swimming. Yep. How are we approaching the swan as a subject on this particular occasion? Well, carefully is the best advice because, let us never forget, swans are one of the largest waterfowl in Europe and North America. Fully grown, they weigh about two stone, so 13 kilograms in new money, and have a wingspan of up to eight feet. Eight feet? That's huge. Mm, Yep. And uh, they can get quite eggy if you try and approach them, especially during their nesting season. They bite with force enough to draw blood and, of course, those wings are easily strong enough to break bones. This is one of the funniest things about swans because they're so associated with elegance and beauty, yet they're also known to be fiercely defensive. Well, they don't attack, though, so no need to fear an invasion of swans kicking your door down or anything. They're just more likely to act in defence and flap their wings if you get too close in a sort of show of bluff and bluster. 
Now, one interesting swan fact I know about is that they mate for life, yeah. which also makes them a symbol of love and romance. Yeah, about the age of two, a swan will normally choose a mate and stay with that mate until death. And they do live for a very long time, about 20 years normally. Oh, wow. Well, that's better than most human relationships. And in terms of romance specifically, Orpheus, the great poet of ancient Greek mythology, he who travelled down to Hades to rescue his one true love, Eurydice. Such a wonderful story. One of the all-time greats. Yeah, I absolutely love it. We might have to do a retelling one day for a main Three Ravens episode. Oh, yes, please. Maybe Valentine's Day. Excellent idea. Anyway, in addition to accompanying Jason and the Argonauts on their quest for the Golden Fleece and journeying to hell and back, literally, for love, it's said that when Orpheus died, he was transformed into a swan and ever since has been in the heavens as the constellation we know as the Northern Cross, also known as Signet, which is is next to the constellation Lyra, which symbolises the lyre of Orpheus. So, so interesting. And something else I know about swans is that they have quite a curious appellation in English history, for they're known, rather grandly and a bit bizarrely, as Fish Royal. Yes, that's 100% correct. This started with William the Conqueror, but then Edward IV in 1482 passed the Act Concerning Swans. Love it. If only modern governments passed such fun laws. Yeah, indeed. Well, the Act Concerning Swans determines all swans on English lakes and rivers as property of the Crown, meaning that since then it has been illegal for anyone in England to eat swan apart from the monarch or those gifted a swan to eat by the monarch. Yes, it remains a crime in this country to kill a swan. It does. And I know that Elizabeth I, for example, loved to tuck into a bit of swan, especially at Christmas. Well, yes, and there is a royal charter determining that fellows of St John's College, Cambridge, are also allowed to eat one swan each, but I'm not sure that many of them actually do. And do we know what swan is like to eat? I know, for example, that it was the fashion for a time to make what was known as a royal roast... This is a bit revolting. <laughs> it's a set of birds stuffed and cooked inside one another, a little bit like a set of Russian dolls. Yeah, I mean, you'll still find royal roasts around today in some gourmand circles. Some people also cook something called a tadakan, which is a similar idea. These days, though, they tend to include a goose stuffed with a turkey, stuffed with a chicken, stuffed with a pheasant, stuffed with a pigeon. It just sounds <laughs> horrid. I, th I think it would be too rich. All those conflicting flavours all at once. Can you imagine? Well, no, actually, I can't. But I did see a documentary where they did it and it was pretty wild. But anyway, there used to be all sorts of combinations of this kind of thing involving swan, duck, peacock, guinea fowl. And as for swan meat itself, it said it tastes a little bit like duck. So quite rich, very fatty, quite the delicacy. I don't know if I could eat a swan. It seems wrong somehow. <laughs> They're so pretty. Well, with all your talk of Oliver Cromwell's brilliance and republicanism in general, I'm not sure the royal family are all that likely to invite us for tea, so it seems unlikely you're going to get the chance. Fair point. <laughs> also, in the medieval era, they used to make a sauce out of swan feathers, but that sounds absolutely vile. Oh no, I'm not up for that. Burnt feather sauce. Yeah. Moving swiftly on. Well, for pudding, how about we talk about swans in folklore? Yes, Please. I, I did actually already tell a story during series two of Three Ravens about a swan knight. You did. That was in our Worcestershire episode, The Legend of the Swan. But swans are a regular feature of folklore, cropping up in stories from all over the world. 
Excellent. Examples, please. Okay. well, returning briefly to druids, who you spoke about on our recent Magic and Medicines episode. I did indeed. Well, they seem to have believed, as quite a few early cultures appeared to, that swans were one of the birds capable of travelling between the human or visible world and into the other world. So the world of the fae, the elves, deities and so on. Is this something to do with their white feathers? Because I'm imagining that their whiteness has associations with purity and grace and so on. Well, in Celtic cultures, including all over the British Isles, the word for swan was variously Ela, Ola, Ela. Um, and in one legend, which survives in various texts, such as the 11th century Book of Invasions, which we've spoken about on the podcast before, there is a story called The Children of Lear. Lear, if I remember rightly, was a sea god and one of the Tuatha de Danann. Yeah, he was. And so this particular story goes that Lear fathered a daughter and three sons. There's a statue of them in Dublin's Garden of Remembrance. But Lear's wife and mother of his four children, Eve, died. Lear then married her sister, Eva, but Eva was jealous of the children, so cast a spell which changed them into swans. Why is it that stepmothers are always depicted as rotters <laughs> in folklore? It's such a bad tradition. Yeah. Stepmoms can be awesome and amazing. Just on a band to put that out there. Yep, we at Three Ravens are pro stepmom. Although in this particular case, in a totally uncool move, Aoife curses the children of Lear to 900 years living as swans, where they were to spend three centuries on a lake, three centuries on a sea, and three centuries on land, with the curse only to be lifted once the children heard bells ringing for a new god. Now, as this story was undoubtedly written down by a Christian monk, we're automatically left kind of rolling our eyes because, well, I mean, a bell for a new god. Yeah. I wonder who that could be. Yeah, indeed. Because, of course, one day a monk called Makua did ring a bell, lifting the spell, at which point the children of Lear were transformed back into their original shapes, beautiful and palely white and glowing and majestic. Alas, 900 years of ageing then rushed in and they went from childhood to adulthood to old age in seconds. Luckily, Makua was able to baptise them before they faded away back into the other world. So sad and a pretty great story. Although I feel honour bound to ask, what happened to Aoife? Well, when Lear learned what she'd done, he banished her from the land and the sea, turning her into a demon of the air. After that, she continued to try to attract Lear's attention, buffeting the sea forever. Oh no, come on, that is rough. Another bit of Celtic lore involving swans relates to Cúchulain, who's thought to be an incarnation of the sun god Lu, possibly the son of the sun god Lu. He's the guy behind Lunasa. And this comes from the Ulster cycle, where as part of his adventures, a princess called Deerfagal falls madly in love with him, although, alas, Cúchulain already has a wife. Uh-oh, do we have another potential stepmom on the horizon? Not in this case, no. And Cúchulain was a wandering warrior bad boy anyway, so he's far more interested in adventures than, you know, being a dad to multiple children. In fact, he totally abandons his wife and family and even kills one of his sons, but that's a whole other story. In terms of Deerfagal, for girl, Cucullin basically says, okay, you're beautiful. All the men in the world lust after you, but no. I must be on my way, madam. And so Deerfagal transforms into a swan so she can follow him from a distance and keep an eye on him and see where he goes. Alas, one day, while hungry, Cucullin 
shoots down this swan to eat using his slingshot. Oh, no. Yeah. And once shot down by her love, she transforms back into a beautiful princess. Luckily, Kukulan does save her, sucking the stone out of her wound and drinking some of her blood. I mean, that sounds a bit racy. Indeed. But still, Kukulan determines they cannot be together. And alas for dear Fagalt, she later goes on to be mutilated by the women of Ulster who are jealous of her beauty. So in response to that, Kukulan comes back to Ulster and lays waste to it in her honour. Whoa. Well, I guess the implications of this are that being a swan isn't necessarily all that fun in actual fact. Well, they aren't always the good guys or the victims. For example, let's spare a thought for Leda. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that is a horrid story. Yes. Beautiful Leda, married to the king of Sparta, refuses the advances of Zeus, who's in love with her. So while Leda is bathing, Zeus transforms into a swan and rapes her. Yeah, it's one of the most harrowing <laughs> myths, in my opinion. And for some reason, it became one of the most ubiquitous myths when it came to art and artists. There are so many paintings in particular, and some sculptures of Leda and the Swan. And it's said that Leda was already pregnant at the time with the children of her husband, Tyndarius, king of Sparta. But Leda actually ended up laying eggs, yes. didn't she, out of which her children hatched. Yeah, so from the combination of her marriage and this rape by Zeus, she was said to give birth to four eggs, which hatched into two sets of twins. The boys, Castor and Pollux, who later became immortalised as the constellation and star sign Gemini, plus the girls, Clytemnestra, who was later raped herself, sadly, and married by force to Agamemnon, who, thank goodness, she later murdered. And then, of course, there's her sister, Helen, the most beautiful mortal to have ever lived, over whom, famously, the Trojan War was fought, as recounted by Homer in the Iliad. Blimey, and here was I thinking we'd be talking about cheerful stories like the ugly duckling. Well, that is a nice story, obviously. Little duckling that doesn't fit with the rest of the hatchlings of a mother duck. Bullied by its siblings, then it grows up to become a glorious and beautiful swan. It's an absolutely classic folktale, that one. I also think it's a bit mean to say that signets are ugly. I think they're precious. Like they're fluffy little little balls of fun, aren't they? Yeah, really? they're yeah. so adorable. Mm. And they ride on the backs of their, their mummies. Yeah, they do. That's such an amazing sight. It is, I yeah. think they're adorable. So the, the ugly duckling needs a bit of a rewrite. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but we've got other fairy tales as well, haven't we? like the Six Swans from the Brothers Grimm and the Knight of the Swan from the 11th century. There are loads, but these are meant to be mini episodes, so I'll leave you with just one more, which is probably the source of the Seven Swans A-Swimming rhyme. This one comes from the first century in Sanskrit, but there are Latin versions as well as many others. Anyhow, the basic idea is that once upon a time, a nameless young lord becomes lost while hunting and encounters a beautiful swan on a lake wearing a golden necklace. He thinks to catch the swan, but then she ducks under the water and emerges, transforming into a mysterious magical maiden with pure white skin clutching her golden necklace. She then sets about bathing in the river, but the prince reveals himself. They fall instantly in love and consummate their passion right there on the riverbank. So far, so good. Yes, the young lord then brings his swan wife back to his castle, and she later gives birth to seven children, six boys and a girl, each born with a golden chain about their necks. Sounds uncomfortable, but OK, let's go with it. Well, it must have been because this fey swan queen dies in 
childbirth. And the young lord's evil mother, who was there for the birth, never liked her magical daughter-in-law anyway, so swaps the babies out for puppies. What? Yeah, she swaps them out for puppies and tells her son that his wife, who is clearly a bit wrong and a bit magical anyway, you know, in addition to the fact that she's dead, she's also apparently given birth to dogs. The real babies are meanwhile given to a servant in a sack and he's told to throw the sack into the lake in the forest where the necklaces will make them sink to the bottom and drown. Instead, the servant leaves the sack under a tree by the lake, steals the necklaces and runs away. What a rotter! Still, I have a sneaky suspicion this might all turn out okay in the end. Well, quite, because the Lord raises the puppies as hunting dogs, spends all his time with them, and one day he ventures back into the forest to go hunting, and there he sees seven swans are swimming on the water where he once fell in love with their mother. Are we about to have dog-swan friendships? Because I'm so here for it. Well, this lord has his suspicions, not least when he learns that there is a goldsmith in town who has tried to sell these seven beautiful golden necklaces that cannot ever be melted down. The lord recovers these, spending all his fortune to recover them, and he gives the necklaces back to the swans and they transform once again into his children. At which point the servant is then executed, the evil mother buried up to her neck for seven years as punishment. And yes, each of the swan children has their own dog sibling to play with, with the children able to transform back and forth into swans by wearing or removing their necklaces. That is an awesome story. Seven swans to swim in, who knew? It's a good one, isn't it? But remember, Eleanor, mini episodes. Yes, right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with a double whammy. We have our mainline episode all about the history and folklore of Buckinghamshire. And as part of that, I have a spooky love story to tell. Yep. Plus, we have the next step in our advent journey, six geese laying. Excellent. I'm very much looking forward to both. And until then, while our swans have swanned off that way, we'll go this way. And remember, don't whistle till you're out of the woods. God sent every gentleman Such hounds, such hawks, and such lean man With a down, derry, 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 down, down Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.